Are you lonesome tonight? Do you miss me tonight? Are you sorry we drifted apart? Does your memory stray? Welcome back. Welcome, guys. This is Significant Lovers. Mm -hmm. We are your host, Mel and Kel. And thanks for joining us for episode three. Woohoo! We're cousins, by the way. Mm-hmm. Cousins. I feel like people should know that. Yep. Originally from Massachusetts. Yep. Now we live in New York City. Yep. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have a podcast called Another Bite of Twilight. Um, it was about Twilight. Yeah. Obviously, and. But if you don't, if you don't like Twilight, I don't think that will affect your enjoyment of this new show which is totally different Mm -hmm. and it's about couples as you might be able to guess relationships love heartbreak cheating divorce death sometimes Mm -hmm. sadly yeah and yeah we've always really been huge hopeless romantics which is why we started this podcast and also just fascinated by other people's love lives. So mm-hmm. I've been saying it's like a true crime podcast, but true, true love. True romance. True love. It's <laughs> <laughs> trying to like finish your sentence. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, true love. True love podcast. Mm-hmm. So today, I guess we're just going to get right into it. Yeah, today's a big one. It's a big one. So we can't waste any time. It might be long, but today... <laughs> what if it's I- beginning? <laughs> yeah, it's only half an hour. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it won't be that long. Um, I'm Kelly. I'm Kelly, and I'm hosting today, I guess you could say. So Mel's in the audience, mm-hmm. and it's my turn. I'm kind of nervous, so don't hurt me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but today we are doing John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Mm. Whoa. What three words would you use to describe this couple? I think last time when you asked me... For one word. Yeah. I think I said intense. Yep. I'm going to stick by that. I'm going to mm-hmm. say intense, creative, and hippie. Mm. <laughs> I probably would have said the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just crazy how hippie they could be, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so many more words I could use to describe them, but yeah, I, I'm a huge Beatles fan. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of nervous because what if people listening, you know, there's a lot of Beatles fans out there. What if there's some baby boomers listening who know way more than me, you know, and I forget things. Um, but there's so much to say about John and Yoko that this could be like 10 hours long probably. Yeah. So just got to, you know. I feel like someone could have their own podcast dedicated <laughs> to just that. Yeah, probably. There's a lot to say. So bear with me. But yeah, I'm a huge Beatles fan, as Mel knows. Mm-hmm. Probably, like, my second obsession after Twilight. Wow. I would say. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not as big of a John fan individually. I, yeah, I feel bad saying that because, um, spoiler, he was murdered. Yeah. I feel bad saying it, but he's not, yeah, it's true. He's not my favorite Beatle, and John and Yoko aren't my favorite <laughs> Beatles couple, but I felt compelled to do them. Yeah. It just chose me, yeah. as we say, mm-hmm. you know? I just felt like I have to do this. Maybe someday we'll do the other ones, but yeah. yeah. Do you, I was wondering, because I know you're kind of a Beatles fan. Yeah. I remember in high school you said 
Golden Slumbers was your favorite song? Is that still true? Mm, I don't think so. Mm. I don't... What would you say it is? Mm. It's a tough question. Yeah, it's tough. I think I would say my favorite is probably... Oh, it's Let It Be. I know that's that's so basic, but... That's a beautiful song. It's so beautiful. And (laughs) when you're in a really bad place and then it's, you know, it's like the power of now. You just have to let it be. Yeah. And accept reality <laughs> actually listen to that on the way here <laughs> yeah, no way <laughs> i was listening to the beatles to like get in the mood i was feeling emotional yeah i had like chills <laughs> <laughs> i mean that song i just think it's like mm-hmm. it's so simple but it is the secret to peace i so. know it's so good i think some beatles songs should be sung at church oh that's one of them a hundred percent fortunately that's a paul song so Mm-hmm. not john but <laughs> but he has imagine i actually saw on a trash can on the way here the word imagine oh that's a sign mm-hmm. i thought so yeah <laughs> john knew you were about to cover him <gasps> and said i'm letting you know that i'm with you oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you i'm with you I'm here. and i'm gonna be carrying you along the uh, whole way the episode <laughs> i don't know if he would say that I mean, he's been dead for a number of years, so he can... There's numerous people that he can really, you know, look over at this point. So he chose you today. I would be scared to meet John Lennon in real life. He seems intimidating to me. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Now, my perception of them, John Lennon and Yoko, obviously that they are hippie. I feel like that everybody Mm -hmm. knows that. But I always wondered if a little bit of that is a facade. Like, obviously, they're Mm -hmm. super Mm -hmm. rich. Yeah. So it's, like, how... And I guess, like, a lot of that lifestyle was kind of... Like, counterculture lifestyle was lived by people who actually had wealth and privilege in order to live that way. But, um, I don't know, I always thought a little bit it might be... facade yeah i mean you're not the only one to say that Mm -hmm. that and we'll get to it but just kind of questioning like is them doing a bed in for peace like does that really do anything yeah like is that them just being self-indulgent did they donate a lot to charity um i know that I didn't really do research. I'm sure they did. Yeah. I, d- I don't know about them as a couple or, like, during the time John was alive. I'm sure they did, but I know that Yoko has a lot yeah. since John died. Anyway, I guess we should get into Let's it. Let's get into it. I okay. want to learn everything. Yeah, I really don't know much about them, though, besides their image, so. There's a lot. There's Yeah, I didn't. I was shocked by some things. Okay. Yeah, I really didn't know a lot. Um my sources <laughs> i used a couple books for this the beatles just to prove that like i'm not making this up the beatles <laughs> yeah. by steven turner the beatles get back by the beatles that's the movie but then i also have like my mom got me a book version of it so oh wow cool i was looking at that the beatles they all have the same title yeah. the beatles by hunter <laughs> davies that's like the best beatles book really if, if anyone wants to learn stuff about them and then the last days of john lennon by james mm. patterson which Caitlin, my sister, gave to Charlie for Christmas. Oh, that's so sweet. And I just read it. That's this. so sweet. I know. Thank I didn't know you, she Kate. was giving Charlie Christmas. <laughs> that's really sweet. I know. Okay, so, wait, don't look. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to turn the computer. I'm going to do a little bit about their background first. Okay. I'll start with Yoko. Yoko Ono 
She was born February 18th, 1933 in Tokyo. Wow. Her father was a wealthy banker and a former classical pianist. Mm, magical mm. background. I mean, magical. <laughs> magical. Yes, Mus- musical. <laughs> uh, and her grandfather was actually in the Yasuda clan, a Japanese samurai kin group. I don't really know what that means, mm. but it sounds important. Yeah. Um, and her name translated to English means ocean child. That. Yeah. So when she was little, her dad moved to San Francisco for work. Yeah. Actually, and she didn't meet him until she was two years old. Oh, because she didn't move with her dad? No. So, like, he oh. just went without the family. Oh, okay. To San Francisco. And, yeah, she didn't know him until she was two. She had a younger brother, and she went to an elite school in Tokyo. Mm. So, I think she was kind of rich. <clears throat> But during the World War II fire bombings in Japan, I think they lost their house and her family had to carry all their belongings in a wheelbarrow. Oh, wow. And her dad was in a concentration camp in <gasps> Saigon. Oh, my God. I but I think he got out of it. And then the family moved to Scarsdale, New York, but she stayed in Japan. And then she went to Sarah Lawrence College in 1952 when she was 19 years old. So she, her whole family moved to New York by mm-hmm. her? She stayed? Yeah. Okay. Was she a grown but adult at that point? I don't know how long she stayed in Japan. Because <laughs> yeah. then she went to New York when she was 19. So yeah. maybe it was only like a year or two. Oh, okay. Um, but I guess she was like at a boarding school. So I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, she went to school when she was 19. But then in 1956, so I guess that would have been four years later, she married a Japanese composer named Toshi Ichiyana Ichi, Toshi Ichiyanagi Oh wow. I, I had no idea she was even married before. I know. I didn't know either. Crazy. So she's married to this guy and I guess when she was in school she studied poetry, English literature, music composition. She wrote songs and then after college um they lived in Manhattan. Just started doing experimental art. And like hosting events and the experimental art was like letting people walk on walk on the art on the ground and like lighting it on fire like oh. she was really into um arson <laughs> uh performance art i guess yeah. you'd say yeah. yeah just like experimental stuff but then in 1962 her and toshi got divorced mm. after living apart for years she moved back home with her parents and she was suffering from depression, and then Aww. she was put in a Japanese mental institution. Wow, I, I didn't know that. Me neither. I didn't know any of this stuff. I guess she came back, and then she married Anthony Cox. Again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An American jazz musician. Wow, I didn't know she had two marriages. <laughs> she did, she did. <laughs> um, and in 1963, she gave birth to their daughter, Kyoko Chan. Wait, Cox. I had no idea she even had another child. <laughs> I know, I didn't know that either. Is the yeah. daughter still in the picture? Kind of. Wow. <laughs> so John Lennon was a stepfather. Yeah. I didn't even yeah. know that. I know, me neither. But apparently her and Anthony's... Relationships started to fall apart, mm. um, but they stayed together. Oh, we're in New York. <laughs> um, but they stayed together, and Yoko left most of the parenting to Anthony so she could pursue art. Oh, okay, so that's probably why we don't really know. know much about her daughter. Crazy. So that's where I'll leave off with her. John Lennon, um, his 
father, Fred Lennon, was brought up in an orphanage. Oh, wow. Um, his mother's name was Julia. She wasn't in an orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what their what parents. What a coincidence. Um, <laughs> Fred, so they're in Liverpool, as people probably know. Fred was working on ships as a waiter, and he would go off for, like, months at a time. Mm. And no one knew where he was when John was born. Oh. (laughs) I'm sure that has, like, some type of psychological impact on John. I would say so. Apparently, John was born during a heavy air raid in 1940. And he was named John Winston Lennon, Winston being Winston Churchill, Mm. named after him. And apparently Fred, his dad, was locked up in the Ellis Island jail. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I don't know why, but he would, like, send letters to Julia, but no money. Um, He did come back to Liverpool for a little bit and was with John for a bit, but Mm -hmm. then... He went to New Zealand, and he kind of deserted them. Wow. Yeah. So John didn't grow up with his dad. And then his mom, Julia, which the Beatles have a song called Julia about her, she got remarried, and she wasn't really, like, I think she was young and wasn't really able to raise John. Like, Mm. I don't really know what the deal was, but he ended up living with his aunt Mimi, and Mimi basically raised him. Okay. Um, And for a long time, John didn't even know that his mom was, like, five miles away he thought his mom was like really far away oh my god that's really sad i know it is sad um so he could have just seen his mom like regularly mm -hmm. wow yeah so his aunt mimi was like basically his mom and she was like a lot more strict but she seemed like to care about raising him you know Mm -hmm. is that his (sighs) so that's his mom's sister i think so yeah okay Mm -hmm. And, like, people didn't approve of his dad. I don't know. I feel like it was kind of a bad situation in a way. But Mm -hmm. as a teenager, by then he had, like, already met Paul and George and stuff and was doing music. Um, But then he, like, reconnected with his mom. And they would, like, hang out all the time. And apparently she acted like a teenager, kind of. Oh, okay. So it was a little upsetting to Mimi because then he, like, resented her. Yeah. She was acting like the real parent. But (sighs) sadly... His mom, Julia, was hit by a car and died. Oh, I know. That's sad. Like, kind of just as they were getting reconnected. Yeah. Mm, that's really sad. Mm-hmm. And people said that after that, like, his classmates, I don't know how people know this, but yeah. that it made him less sensitive to people's feelings and more, more cruel with his humor after that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the vibe I get from John Lennon like I know he cares about world peace and I think he does have a soft side but he does seem like kind of mean (laughs) yeah I'm sure there's like such a like psychology behind that like something that he learned yeah through all that pain that like he has to be like insensitive Mm -hmm. to other people because he can't bear like the burden of like other people's suffering Mm mm-hmm like, I think he was a really sarcastic person. Mm, like, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be, like, vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. That's the vibe I get. But correct me if I'm wrong, people. Um, and as everyone probably knows, he was in the Beatles. Mm. And he married Cynthia Powell in 1962, which I didn't put anything about them, really. Yeah. That could be another episode. I mean, I think it's interesting. Like, yeah. John and Yoko's so famous, and he had another wife. Like, what, what happened? But I'm not going to get into it. 
You could do Yoko and her other I know. marriage history. I'm sure there's not much known. Yeah. Um, but him and Cynthia had a son named Julian. Mm-hmm. I love that name. Me too. It's a good name. Boy and girl. So, that's where I end with mm-hmm. his backstory. But, so, one thing, though, with okay. Julian, he was kind of an absent father, though, as well, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I have a little bit about that oh, okay. coming up. But, yeah. It's just interesting that his father was absent, and then yeah. he was also an absent father. I know. It's crazy how that happened. Yeah. Man. Like, you would think that, like, you would remember, like, I didn't like how it felt to not have my father, but I don't know. <laughs> I haven't lived that experience, so I'm sure there's... Science behind that, too. I know. I feel like I'm looking at my computer screen too much. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> All right, people. So, John and Yoko. Yeah. They met. I have no idea. <laughs> they met. When John met Yoko, they met. <laughs> I'm just hyping this up. <laughs> we were going to call our podcast The Night They Met. Mm-hmm. Which yep. is now the name. Did you see I made it the name of our tier on Patreon? Oh, wait. I did not see that. Yeah. Ah. So if you guys subscribe cool. to our Patreon, five bucks a month, you get bonus episodes. So every oh. other week, you get a new episode. So that's called The Night They Met. The Night They Met. Which a lot of people didn't really like that name. I know. That's why we (laughs) didn't go with it. Um, I thought it was good. It was fine, but people, so many people got bogged down by the night. It's not about the night that they met. (laughs) You cover more than the night. It was kind of after, like, the Lord Huron song. Yeah. But I also did keep accidentally saying the night we met. I know. So, whatever. as well. Wasn't meant to be. But yeah, they met at an art show November November 1966. Mm. Apparently, John read a newspaper article describing a black and white movie directed by a Japanese avant-garde artist named Yoko Ono, a member of the experimental global artist collective Fluxus. Okay, the other day in Vermont, I saw somebody wearing a shirt that said, John Lennon broke up Fluxus. Hmm. It's like, how did that person know that? Yeah, why did they <laughs> have like, a shirt? That's such obscure <laughs> Beatles knowledge. But, like, who's selling those shirts? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, like, why do they care? I guess. Oh, I, I get it. they're trying to make a point. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I meant to say, like, one big question I think we're going to try to answer today is... Did Yoko Ono so-called break up the Beatles, mm. as people always yeah, say? Yeah, they're trying to make a point about the misogyny yeah, yes, of yes, that, yes. that she had her whole career. She had her fluxes. Yeah, <laughs> and then he came along, and yeah. then they broke up, but no one cares about that because everyone true. thinks that his thing mm-hmm. was more important. Yeah. It's true. That makes so much sense. I mean, he was, like, probably the most famous person on the planet. I can see why people think that, but she did she did um, put her career on hold later on. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, the Beatles were invited to the November 8th, ah, that's my birthday, um, opening of Ono's Unfinished Paintings and Objects mm. show, and, but it wasn't really my birthday because they showed up a day early. Oh, by accident? <laughs> no, I think on purpose. Oh. And she was actually mad that they showed up early. She was saying to somebody, like, you can't have people here before I'm done because she wasn't done signing it up. Yeah, I would be annoyed too. Yeah. Especially, like, the Beatles. <laughs> No. <laughs> and apparently she had a black sweater and black pants to match her long black hair parted mm. down the middle. Um, so, yeah, she was pissed that they were there, but then she chilled out when she saw John. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And she said later about meeting, she said, he was shaved and he was wearing a suit. 
Up to then, English men had all kind of looked weedy to me. That was the first sexy one I met. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and John was actually seven years younger than her. I didn't know that. I always thought mm. she was younger than him. Mm-mm. She was older. She was on her second husband already. Oh, she was still married at this point. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and so was he. Okay. I should have said that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I didn't know that. Scandal. Yeah. Uh, they were both married. John asked what the event was, which he should have known, but... Yeah. And apparently she handed him a card, and he opened it, and all it said was breathe. Oh. <laughs> like, that was a part of the event? I think so. Okay. So, yeah, you can see why I said they were hippies. Yeah. Just, like, stuff like that is crazy. <laughs> um, but that night... This is in the, um, according to the Last Days of John Lennon book. Yeah. And he wrote it kind of like a novel, even though it is nonfiction, mm. but he wrote, like... He went home to Cynthia, his wife, but was thinking of Yoko. <laughs> like, I don't know how he how knows we that. How can we know that? <laughs> we can guess, mm-hmm. but I don't know. So that was 1966. I don't have anything about... Well, they did meet again at another art gallery event, but I don't know anything about 1967. I'm assuming they kept in touch. Yeah. But I couldn't find anything about 1967. I wonder if the Beatles, like, <clears throat> regularly, like, attended stuff like this. It seemed like they did. Like, like, why would John be showing up not even knowing what it's for? I don't you know? know. Yeah. I, maybe it was, like, a publicity thing or, like, a... I think... I didn't write down his name, but I think somebody, like, brought them. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, so they're both still married. Mm-hmm. February 1968... Beatles visited Rishikesh, India. I don't know if you've heard of this, but they got really into like meditation and yeah. stuff. They visited Maharishi Mahesh Yogi's ashram, and um, they went kind of because their manager Brian Epstein had recently died, and their group was like never really the same after that. Yeah, and I will say that I think Brian Epstein's death had something to do with their eventual breakup. Because they didn't really have, like, a leader anymore, and I think Paul kind of took over things, and then people resented him for that, and for, like, yeah. a drama, so. How did the um, <clears throat> manager die? I believe he overdosed. Oh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, so they went to India, and there were a bunch of other people there, too. The musician Donovan, who... I didn't really know him until recently, but Charlie likes him. He's kind of like Jake Bug-ish. Donovan was there, and the actress Mia Farrow was there. Oh, wow. And her sister Prudence was there, and that's Mm. what the song Dear Prudence is about her. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Because apparently she, like, this has nothing to do with John Yoko, but Prudence Farrow got, like, really into the meditation and would, like, Mm. not come out. I don't know. She was just, like, secluded from everybody else. Oh, so, so she was, like, too into yeah, it. Yeah, she was too into yeah. it. So, like, the song lyrics are, like, Dear Prudence, don't you come out to play? Mm. You know? It's just crazy. Yeah. Like, what? Mia Farrow was there? Um, so, while they were there, John and Cynthia, his wife, were often separated because of different meditation routines. And Yoko would write to John. Mm. And she would write things like... <laughs> I am a cloud. Watch for me in the sky. Apparently, John would get really excited about her letters. <laughs> That's odd. So I they know. must have exchanged contact information yeah. when they met, mm-hmm. like, a couple years ago, right? Yeah. 
So I'm guessing this whole time they've been talking. Yeah. He told Cynthia he needed space, and he moved out of the bungalow they've been sharing mm. in India. So that sucks. And how long have they been married for? I think they got married in... Okay, they got married in 62, so this was 68. So okay. six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel bad for Cynthia. Um, on the flight... From Delhi to London, he confessed his indiscretions during their six-year marriage. And I don't think it was just Yoko, but I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't even know if he did hook up with Yoko. Like, I don't know if he just meant, like, writing to her, or I have no idea what indiscretions means. But, yeah. Um, apparently, he was cheating on her, and Cynthia was shocked, and John later said the dilemma made him feel suicidal. Hmm. When they got back to England, he sent Cynthia off to relax with friends in Greece. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of weird. I know. Okay, you go (laughs) chill out. I know. (laughs) And um, I I don't know how that worked. I know. He's like, oh, I've been cheating on you. Why don't you go to Greece? Yeah. Like, what? (laughs) I've been cheating on you. Why don't you go to Greece and I'll just keep cheating on you? (laughs) Yeah, literally. That's really what happened, actually. Um, And Julian stayed with the housekeeper. He called Yoko and told her to take a taxi. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. (laughs) I know. It's not really, like, the most feel-good relationship. I'm no. sorry, guys. But, um... And she's still married, too. Yeah, she's still married and has a daughter. And apparently... So she took a taxi over, and they stayed up all night making music, and then they made love at sunrise. Oh, my God. Necrosis in my Um, When Cynthia returned from Greece, she found John and Yoko in robes sitting cross-legged no! on the floor, um, facing each other, and John said, Oh, hi. Ugh, that's I awful. I know. He was so he felt suicidal about telling her, and then he invites who's cheating her. Yeah, and then he responds, "Oh hi." To me, that doesn't. I know. That doesn't seem like a guy who's suicidal. I know. Over cheating on his wife. It's horrible. <sighs> yeah. So yeah, John's John is not my favorite Beatles. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but it's true. Cynthia was super upset, obviously, yeah. but they like re- reconciled they, for a few weeks. Oh wow. Okay, then John sent her on holiday again. <laughs> Why is she even going? Yeah. This time to Italy. Usually the guy, if he wants to cheat, is the one who goes away. He doesn't send the wife away. <laughs> I guess if someone was like, I just paid for, like, flights, hotel, here's a trip, you and your friends to Italy, I guess maybe I would take yeah, him up on it. Like, I know. Okay. I guess if someone was going <laughs> to cheat on me, they might as well pay for me to go on an expensive <laughs> trip first. It's crazy, though. <laughs> I, like, can't believe this. Um, and then while she was gone, Yoko moved into the house. Oh, my God. Leaving her husband, Tony Cox, and daughter, Kyoko. From that point on, John and Yoko are pretty much inseparable. So is John going to, like, file for divorce and stuff? He is, he mm-hmm. is. So, just some, like, music things during this year. Um, there's just some, like, Yoko references in music. Mm. Like, happiness is a warm gun. In that song, he's like, Mother Superior, jump the gun. And apparently, he used to call Yoko Mother. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. That's obviously, like, tied to his weird childhood and his mother kind of abandoning yeah. him. I Need a Fix could be about her, but uh, apparently at the time, he was dabbling in heroin, so. Oh, that's pretty bad. I know. <laughs> song Julia came out that year, too. That's about his mother, but there's the line, Ocean Child Calls to Me, 
which references yoga because her name means ocean mm. child. It's interesting too the t- like tying Yoko yeah. to his mom as well. Yeah, it seems like I don't know why he didn't feel this way with Cynthia, but he seemed to see Yoko as almost like a mother figure. Mm, you know? Maybe because she's older. Yeah, maybe that's true. Yeah, maybe she seemed like. I think that John really thought Yoko was like on his level, mm. or maybe even higher than his level. Like she was so experimental and creative, yeah. and weird. She, and he respected her in a way he yeah. never did, Cynthia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so as John and Yoko started living together, and John and Cynthia started getting divorced. Paul wanted to show his support for Julian Mm. and Cynthia, so he drove down to Weybridge, where they lived, bringing a single red rose. Oh, that's sweet. It was at some point in that hour ride, he started coming up with the song Hey Jude, originally Hey Julian, then Hey Jules. Mm. (laughs) I love Paul. That's so sweet. And Mm -hmm. how old is Julian at this point? A little boy? Yeah, I guess, I think that, like, he was born when, around when they got married. Mm. I think they kind of got married because she was pregnant that kind of yeah. thing so i guess he would have been six. Oh, that's what i know consider it a paul um john believed hey jude was addressed to him i guess <laughs> encouraging him to be with yoko because there's a line you were made to go out and get her oh my god the opposite <laughs> um it's about I'm your not... son that you're not even like paying attention to later in 1987 julian said Paul and I used to hang out quite a bit, more than Dad and I did. Maybe Mm. Paul was into kids a bit more at the time. We had a great friendship going, and there seemed to be far more pictures of me and Paul playing together at that age than pictures of me and Dad. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. That's so sweet of Paul. I know. Isn't it? I love Paul McCartney. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is this about John? Um, Julian also said, this is sad too, I never really wanted to know the truth about how dad was. There was some negative mm. stuff talked about me. Like when he said that I'd come out of a whiskey bottle on a Saturday night. Stuff like that. That's tough to deal with. You think, where's the love in that? It was very psychologically damaging for years and damaging for years that affected me. I used to think, how could he say that about his own bloody son? Wait, so he basically said like the only reason he was born is because like they got drunk and like had sex that's mm-hmm. terrible I, I know that's so <laughs> sad yeah that's so like how can you have any how can you be so little compassionate for I your know. own son like even if that's true like you would never say such a thing because you would obviously love your child so much it's terrible i feel like john had a lot of issues around this time i think he did mm-hmm. get better but not i'm not excusing it but i'm just trying to explain like it's hard to wrap your head around someone writing and saying all this stuff about peace and stuff and yeah he's exactly like such a jerk yeah <sighs> yeah he's pretty terrible <laughs> so did he ever realize then that hey jude was about his son instead of him i think he did okay yeah <laughs> um and apparently hey jude's their most successful beatles song ever really so what does um you were made to go out and get her mean then i'm not sure yeah i mean it could have been about yoko i don't know Mm -hmm. maybe it was about cynthia i don't know or maybe it was his own thing about linda or something and he just threw it in there like i have no idea yeah sometimes i feel like a song is like a mosaic of like Mm -hmm. different things put together yeah it could have been anything so 
Around this time, this is when John broke the band's long-held pack forbidding wives and girlfriends from recording sessions. Mm. <laughs> Apparently, George Harrison said she just moved in. That's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you guys watched the Get Back documentary, which came out this year, you can see Yoko is literally sitting while they're recording yeah. the albums, Abbey Road and Let It Be. She's just sitting right there mm. like i couldn't believe it. i mean some of this footage has been out forever but i just never saw it but she's like right next to them yeah like why would she have to be there yeah and i feel like then the others can't really be as creative because yeah. someone that they're not as close to is there and like yeah i feel this way about like people when they like are in a relationship, especially mm. a new relationship. Sometimes mm-hmm. they feel like they always have to invite the other person. I and, and this was kind of new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And luckily, like, my friends really aren't like that. But I know some people who, like, once they've gotten in relationships, like, their partner is always just a, then a plus one. And I know. And sometimes I think it's fine, but it can really just throw off the entire vibe. Yeah. I mean... They had been writing songs, like, just them yeah. for years. It's, like, a very intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. I've never written music with people, but I would assume it would be awkward to come up with things in front of someone you don't know that well. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe you don't even like, because I kind of get the vibe that at least George didn't like Yoko. Yeah. Um, well, it seems like she's coming in and, like, she's making it seem like she's <laughs> a member yeah. of the songwriting team. Yeah. Um... I do think, though, I mean, you would think Yoko would have a thought, like, I probably shouldn't be here, mm-hmm. but I do blame John Moore for this dynamic. I mean, it's him that wasn't making a boundary. Yeah, exactly. Like, he should have said, I'm playing with the lads, you know, like, see you later. Yeah, and, like, I, part of me is like, well, there's something kind of, like, sexist and annoying. It's like, no girls allowed. I know. But I understand <laughs> it when it's such an intimate personal experience yeah. of songwriting. And if all of the other members have up to this point respected that, yeah, that is pretty shitty of John. I know. I don't think it's because they're women. I think it's just like they they just didn't want anyone else there. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah. Oh boy. So they when they were doing um the White Album there's this song, Revolution 9. I think it's, like, their worst song ever. But <laughs> it's very weird. It has John and Yoko, like, screaming and moaning mm-hmm. with samples. And uh, this is the song, one of the songs, but Charles Manson thought was a message to him. Oh. And, like, inspired the Manson murders, which is pretty crazy. Um, and Paul was not happy about this song because apparently he'd been making sound collages at home since... 1966 and he felt like now john would seem like an innovator yeah he wasn't happy about it 19 so it's still 1968 june 18th yoko is actually pregnant um but at this point the public didn't know that john had left cynthia oh wow Mm -hmm. i didn't know that me neither so they're not married Mm -mm. okay yeah i think they're still like processing divorce probably Mm -hmm. John and Yoko attended a film premiere in London wearing matching outfits, and so this was, like, the first time public yeah. saw them. She was only two months pregnant, though, so I don't think people knew. Yeah. And there were a lot of angry fans yelling racist slurs at her. Oh, that's awful. Mm. And the next morning, their relationship was international news. Why were they angry just because she was Japanese, or were they... Or 
I mean, obviously, it just seems like they were racist. <clears throat> yeah, I think they were but... mad because they liked John and Cynthia and yeah. felt like she was a homewrecker. And then, yeah, it was throwing racism in mm, there, too. That's awful. I know. And then John found himself in the biggest scandal since his Jesus comments, which, if people don't know, he said the Beatles were bigger than Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can see that being controversial. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that comment. I don't know. I do think it is, like, so provocative. But, yeah, people were really mad about it. Like, some people, like, you know, super Christian, like, burned Beatles yeah. records. That's stuff. also just super arrogant. I know. Like, obviously, they were incredible, but... Yeah, to say that is just... And he was like, well, it's just a fact, but, like, <laughs> come on. So... John and Yoko needed somewhere to go, I guess, because, like, mm-hmm. they were both married still, technically, and, you know, Cynthia still, like, lived in that house with Julian, so apparently Ringo had a flat in London, mm-hmm. and he had leased it to Paul, and then Jimi Hendrix interested Wow. Me. But he evicted Hendrix because he damaged the walls during an acid trip. Oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? These people are crazy. Yeah. Um, so, John Yoko needed to Oh, he's to... pretty strict. <laughs> he's like, oh, we need to get out. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> no damage to the property. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, John Yoko moved into that apartment, that mm. flat. Yeah. Um, so, this is leading to the big controversy? Uh, there is a controversy, yeah. Um, no, the biggest controversy was just him and oh, Yoko. Oh, okay. Like, the oh, news okay. that they were together. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, the... he was leaving Cynthia for her. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry. That was the <laughs> biggest controversy. Um, but then there's another controversy. Um, mm-hmm. in the late morning, October 18th, 1968, so John was 28 and Yoko was 35, mm-hmm. and Yoko was six months pregnant, they were in bed half naked, apparently, when there was a knock on the door and it was a police officer. <gasps> And at the time, they were freaking out because John described their life at this apartment as a strange cocktail of love, sex, and forgetfulness. (laughs) (laughs) Or Yoko called it a diet of champagne, caviar, and heroin. Very bad. Um, Wait, at the door... Were they doing all those drugs together? Yeah, I think so. At the door was detective... A detective sergeant. I didn't get his name, but... Mm -hmm. He was the same one who had busted Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, and Donovan recently. Wow. So he, this this detective was just, like, on a mission to arrest every musician, yeah. apparently. <laughs> he came in alongside uh, two other detective constables, mm. two canine handlers, and a policewoman. And they found some cannabis. That's all they could find. That's not bad. But um, they were... They arrested them and wow. put them in squad cars, brought them to police station. John pleaded guilty, and but charges against Yoko were dropped. Yeah. Um, but sadly, a month later, she had a miscarriage. Oh. I know. That's awful. I was expecting this to be Sean. It was not Sean. I know. It's so sad because I feel like you could probably attribute that whole experience yeah exactly i mean you can't know for sure yeah but like the stress of like being arrested and then like being in prison overnight and everything i know very sad john slept on the floor of her hospital room and they named the baby john ono lennon the second oh very sad so then that same month november 1968 john and yoko came out with an album together called Unfinished Music Volume 1, Two Virgins. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to be. Um, they were totally nude on the cover. And that was, like, so scandalous. So it was, like, sold in a paper bag. Wow. In a lot of stores. 
and at Newark Airport, the shipment of albums was actually seized and denounced pornographic. <gasps> wow. And the FBI opened a file on John Lennon. No way. Yeah. Why? If we're just being nude? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, because this time, like the 60s, the FBI was like spying so much on anybody that was like counterculture. Like, yeah, that's true. Um, that whole... I saw that movie, Seaberg, that Kristen Stewart's mm. in. Jane Seaberg, she was, like, an actress, and she was, like, an advocate for the Black Panthers, and the FBI, like, you know, was really afraid of the Black Panthers, and, um, you know, the whole social justice movement, so they were, like, tapping her phone and yeah. stuff and stalking her, and, yeah. So they, they ended up doing that to John Lennon, wow. too. Um Apparently, George Harrison didn't really like Yoko. Mm. At least that's what I picked up from some research. I'm sure it was more nuanced than just, like, I don't like her. But um, he said to her, Dylan, meaning Bob Dylan, Dylan and a few people said that you got a lousy name in New York and you gave off a bad vibe. (laughs) He said that to her? Yeah. That is kind of mean. And John said, I didn't hit him. I don't know why. That is pretty mean. I know. It's one thing to not like your friend's partner, but don't say something right to their face. Right? Crazy. You give off a bad... I love how um, kind of modern that sounds, I too. know. You know? So, now we're in 1969. I got this from the Get Back documentary. This is January 13th, 1969. Mm-hmm. Everyone's, everyone's at the studio, Yeah. but John and Yoko haven't shown up yet. They're, like, really late, I think. So everyone's sitting around waiting for John and Yoko, and they're talking about a meeting that they had over the weekend, and this is all recorded, so it's all real. And Paul said, there's only, like, two... There's, like, two answers. One is to fight it and fight her and try to get the Beatles back to four people without Yoko and sort of ask Yoko to sit down at the... Sort of ask Yoko to sit down at the board meetings. Or else the other thing is just to realize she's there, you know, and he's not going to sort of split with her just for our sakes. And then it's not even so much of an obstacle as long as we're trying not to surmount it. You know, while we're still trying to get over it, it's an obstacle. But it isn't really. It's not that bad, you know. They can stay together. You know it. (laughs) Keep saying that. But it shouldn't be, we can't operate under these conditions, boy. You know, we're coming out. It's like... We're striking, that's what it is. It's like a strike because work conditions aren't right. But it's not that bad, you know. Mm. And the director of the movie, Michael Lindsay Hogg, said, but he knows that, doesn't he? And Paul said, John knows that, sure, but he's... And Michael said, does he talk about it at all? And Paul said, no, but he's... You see, we've done a lot of Beatles now. We've had a lot of Beatles... So I think John's thing now, obviously, if it came to a push between Yoko and the Beatles, it's Yoko, you know. Mm. And then later, Paul said, they just want to be near each other. It's his decision that it's none of our business to start interfering with that. Even when it comes into our business, you still can't really say much except, look, I don't like it, John. And then he can say, well, screw you or I like it. And Michael said, have you done that already? And Paul said, well, I told him I didn't like writing songs with him and Yoko. And Michael said, were you writing together much more before she came around? And Paul said, oh yeah, for sure. And then Paul said, it's going to be such an incredible sort of comical thing. Like, in 50 years time, you know, they broke up because Yoko sat on an amp, you know. Or just something like that. What? 
well, you see, John kept bringing this girl along. What? It's not as though there's any sort of earth-shattering splitting rose or anything. Yeah. Wait, so this was all recorded? Mm-hmm. This whole conversation? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I know. It's in that documentary. Yeah. It's so nuts that they actually said it? That's crazy. I mean, you know, and it's crazy that the footage was just, like, <laughs> uh, like locked up for mm-hmm. so long. This is making me think, yeah, not that Yoko break, broke up the band, but John broke up the band because he didn't care about it enough yeah. to, like, make other people feel more comfortable. If you watch the documentary, it really does seem like John didn't care that much. Yeah. I don't know. He kept, like, coming in late, and he just didn't seem to be, like, offering as much material. Mm-hmm. And Paul knows that, too, obviously. He's like, listen, it's not that bad, like, if but we, we were to give him an ultimatum, he's gonna leave the band. Yeah. So, so we just have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. There's, like, really nothing they can do. And then later that day, the tape suddenly turned on. This is so weird. There was, like, no video component, but just audio. And I don't know how somebody got this audio, but it's John and Paul talking. And John said, um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would sacrifice you all for her. This is how it is, you know. And that's all it was, though. She comes everywhere, you know. And then Paul said, so where's George? John said, fuck knows where George is. Um, Oh, that's it. But (laughs) (laughs) where was George? (laughs) I don't know. It's like getting a sandwich. <laughs> um, yeah, they were not getting along, really. And mm-hmm. at the same time as all this, I think George was annoyed by Yoko, but he also wanted more recognition mm. as a solo artist. And there were also disputes over, like, management. And Paul was actually suing the rest of them. It's, like, kind of a long story. But they had both chose, like, different um, managers or something. And Paul didn't agree with the ones they were working with and wow. the only way he could like split up his like to not work with that guy yeah that he didn't like the only way to do that would be to like sue the beatles oh, okay that seems like that could have a bigger impact on them splitting up it then. definitely did but yeah. it's not as like i don't know interesting as like because yeah. of a relationship mm-hmm. it's very dramatic so there was like a bunch of things going on so it's not like totally honest to say it was just yoko but i think it was definitely a contributing yeah that seems like a huge factor yeah like if they were all getting along totally well i don't know i think probably the management thing wouldn't have even happened like Mm -hmm. i don't know so then finally yoko ono and her husband divorced wait <laughs> they were still together all the time Are you well not together me? but like they were still technically married. oh okay but they were yeah they were separated yeah though, they were I separated hope. okay um february 2nd 1969 it became official what took them so long that's crazy maybe he like wouldn't be served or whatever yeah maybe he refused i don't know i do think it takes a while mm-hmm. but like a month later John and Yoko got married. Okay. They decided to get married suddenly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is kind of annoying to me. Two days after Paul and Linda got married. That is so <laughs> annoying. I know. Did they go to Paul and Linda's wedding? They actually did not. Oh. Yeah. I'm sure but they were invited, though. Paul and Linda only... They just got married at, like, a registry. So oh. it wasn't really, like, a big deal. Yeah. But I do think, what are the odds they got married, and then two days later, they got married, Suddenly too. decided to <laughs> yeah. get married. Yeah. that's They're obviously <laughs> copying them. I know. I think they were. That's so, like... <laughs> 
I don't know, narcissistic almost. Mm-hmm. I know. So John and Yoko tried to get married in France, but they were turned back at the Southampton dock because they didn't bring passports. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the end, they flew a private plane to, I can never say this right, Gibraltar? Mm-hmm. I can never say it. On March 20th, they got married there. Um, they were on the ground for less than half an hour. No, less than an hour. They were on the ground for less than an hour. Then they took off for Amsterdam. Oh, this is the day they got married. Big flyers, huh? And, oh, I know. Celebrities <laughs> are, like, under <laughs> fire for this yeah. stuff now. Um, that's when they did their famous bed-in for peace, mm. um, where basically they stayed in bed from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. They stayed in bed the whole day, and they did it for seven days. Oh, my God. And they just let, like, journalists interview yeah. them the whole entire time. And um, That's actually, like incredibly easy i know (laughs) yeah i have like some footage from it i don't know what i would want to show that is like very performative i I mean if you want to like i feel like if people did that today i think people did say this though yeah i was gonna say i feel like if you did that today people would be like oh like they're just so full of themselves yeah i think they are i do think some people did say that i don't think necessarily the whole world was just like oh that's amazing I thought this was funny, though. Wait. Let me see if I can find it. It's a pretty long video, but... Oh, wait. This might be it. (laughs) It's just them making signs, and it's so squeaky, the marker. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, but they're walking around. They're not even staying in the bed. They're getting ready for it right now. Oh, okay. Remember Remember love. love. I don't know what that high-pitched sound is. I thought it was Yoko at first. <laughs> her mouth's closed, so I don't think it's her. What if no, like, journalists even bothered to go? <laughs> they did, though, because John Lennon was insanely famous. Yeah. But, okay, I thought this was really funny. Um, This journalist, Gloria Emerson, mm-hmm. just, like, ripped them all about this. <laughs> I'm going to play this. The only reason, if I'm going to get on the front page, I might as well get on the front page with the word peace. But you've made yourself ridiculous. To some people, I don't care. If it it saves lives. You don't think you... Oh, my dear boy, you're living in another netherland. Well, uh, you talk to You the, don't think you saved a single life. Uh, well, maybe we'll, well save some in the future. Maybe next the didn't, it didn't do a bit of use. No, it's still gone down, so it didn't do anything. But, I mean, you don't equate... Of the civil war that's look, going on listen, in Nigeria with that. And you, then talk about, well, this is my form of protest well, because look, people in anti-war campaigns are too serious. Yes. And they get battered. What do you know about a protest movement anyway? I know a lot it's about it. It's a lot human. more than sending your chauffeur in your car back to Buckingham Palace. You're just a snob about it. The only way You're to make... fake. I mean, I, I know, know in England it's it's kind of smart not everything to be too serious about smile. everything. Everything needs a smile, you know. I see. For instance, even if... The, the Pinkville Massacre, ha, ha, ha. Can't you give up something else that would mean a little bit more? It doesn't, it's not the sacrifice. You can't get that into your head, can you? You've stated a half a dozen times the MBE is irrelevant. I agree. It was no sacrifice to get rid of the MBE because it was an embarrassment. Then what kind of a protest did you make? You said I don't know much about Nigeria. We did an advertising campaign for peace. Can you understand that? No, I can't. A very big advertising campaign for peace. Well, you think it's? Are you advertising? Oh, do you want want nice middle class gestures for peace? And 
intellectual manifestos written by a lot of half-witted intellectuals and nobody reads them. Oh. That's the trouble with the peace movement. Well, it just seems a nether nether land. I mean, I can't think of anyone who seems more remote from well, the ugliness of what's someday. happening than you. Well, I, hope I do see you getting up on a Tuesday morning and thinking, let's see, what should we do today and what war is going well, on? Well, that's your imagination, you know, really. I mean, <laughs> you know, you carry on. You, you. Make, why don't you make a film while you're at it? I'm someone who admired you very much. Well, I'm you sorry know, you liked you the old mop tops, dear, and you thought it was, yeah, I was very satirical well, and witty and you liked Hard Day's Night, love, but I've grown up, but you obviously haven't. Have you? Yes, folks. What have you grown up to? No, 29. Yes, yes. How is Greece? That's beautiful. So they sang one of your songs. Well, if you Great do, song, if you sure, but is that all you can say about that? The moratorium? You were saying that in America they're so serious about the protest movement. Yes, they are. But they were so flippant that they were singing a happy-go-lucky song, which happens to be one I wrote, mm -hmm. and I'm glad they sang it. And when I get there, I'll sing it with them, when I get in. And that was a message from me to America or to anywhere, that I used my songwriting ability to write a song that we could all sing together. And I'm proud that they sang it at the moratorium. I wouldn't have cared if they'd sang, we, can o we Shall Overcome. But it just so happens they sang that, and I'm proud of it. And I'll be glad to go there and sing with them. Make it jolly. I will make it jolly. Yes, yes, you know, we have to make it jolly. Why? We can't all afford to be neurotic. Maybe we might stop the war. You By know. being jolly? Yes, yes, because the thing is, when you're happy and when you're smiling, you don't want to kill somebody, do you? You know, it's when you're very serious you start to think about violence and death and killing. I mean, have you ever seen a person, a person killing somebody with a smile on his face and being happy? No, killers are unhappy people. And they're violent because they're so unhappy and so damn serious. Mrs. Did, Lennon, we're did, boring did each other, so I'll go away. See you about that? I mean... Thank you. Goodbye. Well, I think that's what you wanted. But the last point was a good point, and she didn't want to respond she to didn't it. Hear anything. <laughs> the last point was a good point. She didn't want to hear it. It's almost like admitting that the other parts weren't that good. That's kind of oh, cute. I know. I did, like, I didn't have many clips, but. I do think Yoko seems very sweet. Yeah. Um, she seems so optimistic and, I don't know, cute. Yeah, but <laughs> I do agree with the reporter. I mean, like, m let me really think about this. Like, what would a bed-in do? I guess it is kind of like an mm -hmm. advertisement. Yeah. But I would think most people, or a good amount of people, are, are thinking to themselves, like, oh, this is stupid. <laughs> I feel like you need almost like more specific advice to make change i don't know just saying like peace yeah exactly like, what it's does that so really do? vague and yeah. it's like you can afford to just lie in bed all day most people yeah. can't <laughs> yeah and like but like people who have it's like maybe at a time like maybe when i was like sick or something i like lie in bed for like mm -hmm. a week long mm -hmm. or something yeah it's not making a <laughs> difference like the only way to really protest is to like actually change mm -hmm. somehow hurt the oppressor yeah that is causing it like to i don't know i mean did they inspire some change maybe i don't know i mean it could be just it's all so big like so many small t decisions maybe can lead to some people deciding yeah. like 
I'm gonna be a vegetarian or something like yeah. I have no idea. but they're acting so self-important <laughs> about it that's a thing yeah. it's like they're not aware of like this is yeah such a minor thing i do for the most part agree with that reporter also i love her voice yeah what the heck i want to <laughs> talk like she's so cool to me like wow i want to be that woman um <laughs> she looks like anna winter or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's so chill <sighs> she just seems so smart but i i mean it's I can kind of see, like, well, if you're going to be, like, a pop star, like, I guess it's better to say that than just, like, any random thing. And mm-hmm. I don't know. If you're going to have people's attention, maybe it's better to say that than whatever. But it, it does come off a little annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, back to the story. Around this time, John changed his name to John Ono Lennon. Mm. He removed his middle name Winston. He loves Yoko. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why I said intense to describe them. I feel like they have such an intense relationship. Yeah. Like, they just were together all the time. They're obsessed with each other. He said about getting married, John said, Intellectually, we didn't believe in getting married, but one doesn't love someone just intellectually. For two people, marriage still has the edge over just living together. Yeah, I agree with that. I like that. I Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so, totally different to say, like, my wife or my husband than... Mm-hmm. I would agree. My roommate. Yeah, my roommate. (laughs) So kind of back to the discussion about broke up the Beatles, whatever. Mm. I'd say maybe, like, you could see it more as their relationship. Not just Yoko broke up the Beatles. Yeah. But so earlier in the Beatles' career, John had been, like, a major contributor to the group's singles. Mm -hmm. But around this time, he really didn't... He still wrote songs, but Paul started to just dominate with, like, Hello, Goodbye, Magical Mystery Tour, Lady Madonna, Hey Jude, Get Back, Let It Be. Yeah. All those ones were by Paul. John's were just, I don't know, a little weirder, a little less popular, which whatever. But um, the British comedian Spike Milligan said in 1967, I knew John Lennon quite well. He used to talk a lot about comedy. He was a goon show freak. It all, which was a show at the mm-hmm. time, it all stopped when he married Yoko Ono. Everything stopped. He never asked for me again. That's sad. I know. Yeah, I hate that too when people just get in a relationship. They just mm-hmm. abandon all of their old friends. And it seems like that's what John did. And I don't think that's healthy. Mm-mm. It's not. No. I know. I hate when that happens too. It's so sad. So guys, if you're listening, try to maintain your friendships Mm -hmm. if you're in a relationship that's all i gotta say yeah that would be my bed in yeah (laughs) kelly's really good at that oh thanks (laughs) (laughs) well i love my friends yeah exactly yeah (laughs) and i love you and and your friends are forever so yeah and you just you never want to find yourself in a situation where like you depend completely on one person yeah exactly um yeah all I gotta say about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, in the book, The Beatles by Hunter Davies, which is kind of like the best Beatles book, I'd mm-hmm. say, he wrote, Then along came Yoko. At, li- at last, he, meaning John, had found a kindred spirit, if of a very unusual kind. John was immediately sparked into life. He was away on a new plane, realizing at once that Paul, who he had been, who had until then been his buddy, his soulmate, was as conventional as Cynthia. Together, John and Yoko discovered new and all-consuming aims. The rest of the Beatles didn't matter anymore. When Paul came up with an idea for, say, a live TV show, John wasn't really interested. 
Yeah. That does seem very unhealthy. Every, mm-hmm. Everything, not just his friends, all, his passion, his music. Yeah. Is, like, falling by the wayside. It'd be so sad to be <laughs> Cynthia as well. I know. Ugh. I know. It's sad. Did she ever find love again? I think so, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Different episode. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I love the relationship between John and Paul, too. I find it really interesting. Um, and that makes me sad if that's true, that, like, at this time, he started to think Paul was kind of basic or something, mm. basically. Like, oh, I'm so avant-garde, and you're, yeah. you know, all your silly love songs. But those are the songs that are connecting with people. I know. So... I know. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that they're an awesome pair, like, duo. Like, yeah. they complement each other so much. But I hate, like, after the Beatles broke up, I feel like John started trash-talking Paul's music and stuff, and that just breaks my heart. Mm, it's kind of like One Direction. It is. It is. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's in my notes here, but I guess I'll just get to it, that, like, apparently, if, if anyone's a 1D fan, mm. I was talking about this with Shannon the other day, yeah. that apparently people kind of compared Zane's fiance Perry to Yoko and like that Zane lost interest and I mean they didn't end up even sticking together yeah. but like that it was a similar situation that is interesting I wonder mm-hmm. if that's really the case did Shannon say that she thinks Perry contributed to it I think it's similar that it's like it's not Perry's fault it's, yeah it's just that the guy got more into his personal life yeah and I don't know. Yeah, that makes Grew sense. Grew up, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It is quite misogynistic that people, <laughs> I mean, I just said it that way, but yeah. that act like it's Yoko or act like it's Perry. It's, yeah. the, it's the guy who chose to prioritize yeah. that instead mm-hmm. completely to the point of abandoning everything else. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I feel like it's become like a trope. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Beatles officially broke up April 10th, 1970. Mm. I know. During Sad. Apollo 13. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Early 1971, John was reading Yoko's poetry book, Grapefruit, which I haven't read, but I did see it in the bookstore the other day. And uh, <laughs> this is funny. One poem was titled Tuna Fish Sandwich Peace. And the words in the poem say, Imagine 1,000 suns in the sky at the same time. Imagine clouds dripping. And apparently, like, that same day he wrote the song Imagine. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So, so it's like she inspired it. Yeah, they had Imagine on the mind. Mm-hmm. Imagine. It does seem like there's something a little half-baked about their art, <laughs> though. Maybe I just don't get yeah. it, but that sounds like the fact that he thinks that Paul's basic, like, that does feel kind of basic. I know, I know. I don't know. I mean, Imagine is a great song, but... Yeah. I do think you need all the... You know, when you look back at history or whatever, Mm -hmm. you need every piece. Yeah. So, I mean, rock music was still not that old. So maybe it doesn't seem too complicated to just be like, Imagine. Yeah. But, you know, you need that stepping stone. That's true. But, yeah, I know. I, uh, I mean, this is why... I'm sorry why John isn't my favorite... Well, he's my least favorite Beatle because (laughs) (laughs) I don't like how he would look down on things. And I don't know. I feel like he had a lot of Mm self-importance. Yeah. Mm. And not a lot of Mm self-awareness. But Imagine is a great song. 
yeah a lot of his songs are great no it's a great song but yeah. it's, it's like it is a, at the end of the day a simple message yeah and so if you're gonna be criticizing paul's music i know like look at yourself i mean yeah. it's a great it's not song that deep yeah you know yeah <laughs> yeah everyone just getting along yeah it's so revolutionary <laughs> i know <laughs> so august 1971 john yoko moved to new york and apparently John said, you could say I fell in love with New York on a street corner. <laughs> Yoko and I were forever coming going to New York. We love it. It's the center of our world. America is the Roman Empire and New York is Rome itself. New York is at my speed. New Yorkers are like me. They don't believe in wasting time. Yeah, mm. it's interesting. I feel like he has become like a New York icon. Yeah. No. It's interesting they're so hippie too, but they're actually living in a city yeah 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 no i mean paul was actually the farmer guy that's like, so him and interesting Linda moved to a farm in scotland yeah and like had animals and stuff and they lived um i mean you can be a hippie in the city I yeah think, no. but yeah they not at this point but they do eventually live at the dakota which is right on central park and it's like extremely mm-hmm. fancy yeah so and they had like doormen and stuff so <laughs> um they liked the diverse atmosphere mm-hmm. of New York, and apparently their interracial marriage didn't stand out as much as it did in England. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Apparently, they said that people were a lot more, like, racist towards them mm. in England. Um, but, okay, this is crazy. At this time, 1971, they didn't, this is so bad, they didn't know where Yoko's daughter was. Are you serious? Yeah. Wait. Well, they knew she was with the dad, Anthony Cox. But they don't know where they are. Yeah, they didn't know where they are. Are Cox, they looking for her? Yeah, they they were. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know how hard. I'm sure they <laughs> hired people, but, like, apparently Cox disappeared with the eight-year-old daughter, Kyoko, and he won custody of her after successfully claiming that Ono was an unfit mother due her to her drug use. And, mm. um... He, her ex-husband, changed Kyoko's name to Ruth Holman. Oh. And he subsequently raised her in an organization known as Church of the Living World, or The Walk. That which doesn't sounds like sound a cult. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she didn't see her again until 1998. Oh my god! I know. That's really sad. Isn't that that's. <laughs> Matt, that's like 20 years, right? So she was a fully grown adult next yeah. time she saw her daughter. I know. From eight years old. Oh that's my crazy. god. This story is just insane. That's crazy. I know. Why would he do that? The dad. Know. Just like because he got caught up in this church? I guess so. I don't know. Jeez. I mean, until you get to that point, I am kind of like, oh yeah, well, it sounds like it's good that he got custody. Like, sounds like she, I mean, she's doing drug. Like, that's yeah, bad. But yeah. But then you hear that they were in the walk. And you're like, yeah. What? Okay. <laughs> There's like more going on there. Yeah. Wait, should we turn the light on? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. turned to nighttime. Wait, I'm gonna get water. Oh god. Break. <laughs> Go, hold on, it's gonna be all 
To the story isn't mm-hmm. this crazy so far yeah this is crazy okay it's not even the craziest part so yeah. s- to sum it up like <laughs> they're both married they get together mm-hmm. they get arrested <laughs> they sleep in bed for a whole week they missing. yeah her daughter goes missing it's fucked up <laughs> cheers <laughs> <laughs> okay and it just keeps going Mm -hmm. are you ready yep i'm ready okay so john so they're in new york but john was struggling to get a visa to stay in the u.s and the fbi was stalking them their phones were tapped i wrote whole story oh i guess i just meant there's a whole story to it but Mm. i'm not gonna get into it what do you think what does the fbi like think they're connected to i think that at this time the fbi just didn't like anyone inspiring you know like racial or feminist uprising isn't that like a violation of like the first uh, amendment that's why it was so (laughs) fucked up yeah i mean look into it it's crazy that's awful um yeah so 1971, this is when their song Happy Xmas War is Over came out. Mm. Oh, also, like, the Vietnam War. Like, they didn't like anybody inspiring, you know, anti-war Yeah, movements. yeah. So, but, like, that's so anti-American to be against anti-war. That's the way it was. Maybe still is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um... What is this? Okay, now you're going to send me to interview around 11. All right, let's just let's see what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Who would like to ask a question of Janet? First hand I saw was that young lady right there. Would you wait until the boom gets to you? Would you mind standing? Oh. Well, I actually have two questions, but, like, one, I guess, is more important, like, to people, like, in general. I want to, like, um... Like, a lot of times people say, you know, about demonstrations and all, and, like, how, like, everybody should rush out and go to demonstrations and everything, and it's going to help. But I don't know if it really helps, and I want to know, like, what I can do, like, me, just personally, like, to help people and, like, get better and, like, help um, the peace yeah, thing and help well. help people in general, how, you know, how I can do it. First, I think, you know, we can all do it. But uh, if we can't solve our own personal problems, we can never solve a big problem. All we have to do is convince one person, and that's all you have to do. And uh, if everybody convinced one person, the whole world is going to be convinced, you see? It's that simple. People tend to think that uh, somebody will save them, whether it's a president or, you know, whoever your hero might be. Somebody's going to come out the blue to save you. And there's only people can save us, only us all deciding to do something about anything, whatever it is. Just even making that decision that I want to do something is a start. Okay. And the person that you're really responsible to are people around you, like your parents, which is the biggest, you know, <laughs> problem, I suppose. A lot suppose. of them don't live but, with parents. And you're, <laughs> yes, but I mean, you don't have to live with them. But in other words, people around you, you know, if you can start to convince people around you, and if we all took care of our friends around us, then the whole world would be fine, you know? Just wanted to show it's how they simple. are. simple, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think Yoko's so sweet. She seems sweet. You know, she that's, seems cute. that's a really sweet idea. I know. You know, just a little at a time, and then the whole world will be a good place. Yeah. I know. She she warms my heart. Mm-hmm. She's so beautiful, too. <laughs> I know. Oh. So, 
February 1973, things started to go downhill for them. Oh. Their apartment was robbed. They had no security in their bohemian loft. And mm. John's social circle in the village was not what it once was. Mm. Um, and he felt taken advantage of, used by the yippies. Oh, God. As he called them. And the night Nixon won the election, John Lennon just lost it. Yeah. Um, he got super drunk and high on cocaine and pills <gasps> that night. <laughs> and they went to a party. And to everyone's shock... In front of everybody, he took another woman into another room in front of Yoko, and they just started, like, hooking up. And about this, Yoko said, she didn't come on to him at all. He just pulled her up and went in the next room, and they were groping and all that, and we were all quiet. And um, someone tried to cover the noise by playing a Bob Dylan record. Oh, my God. My jaw is hanging open right now. I know. I had no idea. Here I am thinking he's, like, this incredibly <laughs> devoted guy to her. No. And that at least, okay, like, you know, he's I abandoning know. his entire life to be with her. But I at know. least he loves her. Then he does this. That's and it's so, so shitty. It's so annoying that it's like, oh, because Nixon got elected. Yeah. Like, control yourself. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you did not need to do that. Yeah. And that's so not going with what they just said, like starts with you you know like just be good to everyone around you yeah exactly crazy Uh, yeah like oh it's a form of protest (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna Uh, cheat on my wife like to show it to nixon that's important i know yoko it sounds like that was upsetting for her it was it was so yeah people are playing bob dylan to cover up noise yoko said we heard it anyway I know, right? I don't know what they were doing. Like, I don't know if they were having sex or what the hell was going on. We heard it anyway, and everybody had their coats in the next room where John and this girl are making out. Oh, my God. So, I guess they're just making out, but still. So, nobody can go home, Yoko said. It was very embarrassing. That's terrible. I know. The fact that he would put her in that situation. I know. He really obviously doesn't respect her that much. It's insane. It's insane, dude. And then by the time you go get your coat, like you want to leave the party. John is just <laughs> cheating on his wife over I there. I wonder who that woman is. I know. I don't know. I didn't really look into mm-hmm. it, but it wasn't written yeah. down. The next day, John was remorseful. But Yoko said she needed to figure out how she felt. Mm. But, because remember they got, their apartment got robbed? Yeah. They got a call about an apartment that was open in Dakota on Central Park. Mm. And even though this was, like, a weird time for them, they decided to go see it anyway. And they liked that it had guards and security. So they decided to move in. So about the incident at the party, Yoko said, That situation really woke me up. I thought, okay, we were so much in love with each other, and that's why we sacrificed everything, my daughter, everything. It was worth it if we were totally in love with each other, but if he wants to make it with another girl or something, what am I doing? Mm. So Yoko decided they needed time apart, and she said, I started to notice that he became a little restless, so I thought it's better to give him a rest and me a rest. Um, So she suggested... That John goes to L.A. It's kind of funny. What's up with the people, like, I don't know, sending people away? And they're like, how about you go here? Um, She suggested John goes to L.A. And apparently he lit up. And she knew that John wasn't good on his own. Hmm. This is the crazy part. So she set him up with her assistant, 
May Peng. To be a a 22-year-old Chinese-American woman from Spanish Harlem. Yoko said, May Peng was very intelligent, attractive woman, and extremely efficient. I thought they'd be okay. So she set up John and May. To be romantically involved together? That is so (laughs) odd. I know. What the fuck? And she was just fine with that. Like, oh, he's, he's... And she did it for... You know, if you love someone, set them free yeah. for him to come back. Yeah, I believe so. Well, I guess it worked, right? And, yeah. <laughs> it's just nuts. I mean, who does I know. <laughs> I know. What so, if he, like, got her pregnant or I something? I know. They're it's married. Crazy. I know. So, summer 1973, John and May flew to L.A. Why is he doing this, too? I don't know. It's crazy. And they were there for a year and a half. Okay, that's a long time. I know. And John referred to this time of his life as his lost weekend, which I thought literally, because I had heard of it, I thought it was literally a lost oh, weekend. yeah. So did Charlie, my boyfriend, who's like a huge Beatle maniac. Mm-hmm. He also thought it was literally a weekend. No, it's a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> a year and a half of depression debauchery but also creativity productivity <laughs> and fun that's how we <laughs> described it <laughs> i wonder <laughs> if he chose the word weekend to like really minimize that time period because it's weird how like that's not remembered in history i know it's so crazy um so for the first time John Lennon was not defined as a beetle, nor the husband of Yoko Ono. Mm. I mean, I still think it's fucked up, but I guess I can kind of see this time being important for him to, like, figure out who he is or whatever Yeah, but why does he need to be with another woman? Like, I know. I know. <laughs> Crazy. <sighs> so, during this time, he finished three solo albums and produced two others for friends, and he became friends with Elton John. Hmm. And he also fell into a group called the Hollywood Vampires, which was a drinking club, a last man standing kind of thing. And in the club was Bernie Taupin, Elton's writing writing partner, Mm. um, Elton's writing partner, Keith Moon of The Who, Ringo was in it. Oh, little buddy. I know, and Mickey Dolenz of The Monkees. So I guess they were just a drinking club. Was oh, <laughs> they literally were just a drinking yeah club, like that's what they did they together. Just drank. Oh okay. Again, it's like if this time he was getting sober or something, mm. and you know, changing. Maybe he did, but it's just it sounds like he's yeah up to debauchery. I wonder if they wrote <laughs> to each other and stayed in contact during they that did. time. Okay, they did. So I was about to say that that may. Pang found the phone calls from Yoko becoming increasingly controlling. Hmm. May said, first they were directives to keep our relationship quiet, which was fine with me. Then crisis mode kicked in. She would call in with instructions of what to say, that she had thrown out John. She'd call every day to remind us of what to say, one drama after another. What to say to reporters? I guess so. Hmm. I, don't know. I mean, I do think that she has a right to be controlling. <laughs> it's her husband. <laughs> yeah, and she yeah. set up this situation. I know. It's an odd situation. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Apparently, John and Yoko 
we're in contact every day. Okay. Talking on the phone multiple times a day. It, this is stupid. I don't <laughs> get why he did this. It's so crazy. <laughs> and he's just with May. Mm-hmm. And poor May. I, I know. Mean, why did she go along with it's this? A weird situation. Yeah. I don't know. She's so young, too, in comparison. She's 22. Mm-hmm. So... I guess after a while, Yoko, I mean, this was her idea, but yeah. after a while, she started to, you know, not be happy with it anymore, and she went to Paul McCartney wow. and asked if he would do her a favor, so Paul went to LA and told John that Yoko would take him back as long as he made an effort to court her. Hmm, that's so sweet of Paul again to do that, too. I have a quote from Paul. He said, mm-hmm. no, ever, no one ever goes on about the times John hurt me. When he called my music, Muzak, people keep saying I hurt him, but we're, I think because of the suing thing, mm. but where's the examples? When did I do it? Nobody knows how much I helped John. Me and mm. Linda went to California and talked him out of his so-called lost weekend when he was full of drugs. We told him to go back to Yoko, and not long after, he did. I went all the way to L.A. to see that bastard. <laughs> he never gave me an inch, but he gave, but he took so many yards and feet. Yeah. And Paul also said... <laughs> I have some juicy stuff I could tell about John, but I wouldn't. Not when Yoko's alive or Cynthia. Oh, my God. John would. John would grab for the action, say the first thing in his head. We admired him for that. Crazy. That's, yeah. John really does seem strike me as such a hypocrite. I know. Like, these things that he accuses people of, it's like... You're one to talk. And I, I love how Paul said so-called weekend, too. I know. <laughs> year and a half. I know. Call it what it is. Call it the lost year and a half. <laughs> year and a half. I know. It's like, it is phony of him mm-hmm. to say that. Yeah. Like, he won't be honest about yeah. what he's doing with his life. And, like, really, his love for Yoko seems like a facade now that Paul had to even go there and convince him to get back with her. I know. So, John went back to New York, but he was still with May. Oh, my God. And he was staying with May. Oh, my God. I know. And John felt like he was publicly out of favor at the moment, and Mm -hmm. that the other Beatles had more solo hits. Paul had had three number one hits in the U.S. by then. Um, And I guess all the Beatles met at the Plaza Hotel to sign papers to end their lawsuit. Mm. Um, But John didn't show up. And he said, I didn't sign it because my astrologer told me it wasn't the right day. Oh, my God. (laughs) The group was annoyed, and George invited (laughs) him to a charity show. Oh, my God. That's so annoying. George was having a tough time at that time, too, because I really think this could be a good episode. His wife, Patty, had left him for his best friend, Eric Clapton. Oh, my God. I, I didn't know. know that. I didn't even know he was best friends with they Eric They were Clapton. best friends. Every, wow, everyone yeah. in, like, <laughs> the top musicians of this time just run in the same circle. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> and so George really loved Eric Clapton. Like, I almost feel like the way John feels about Yoko, like, oh, that she's such an artist, whatever. I yeah. feel like that's how George felt about oh. Eric. That's very sad that that happened. That's terrible. I know. So, Paul met up with John in May to smooth things over, I guess. I don't really know what that means. Mm -hmm. But John and May then took Julian, who is now 11, to Florida and went to Disney World. Okay. I don't know why I put that in there, but I think I thought it was interesting. Like, I can't really picture John Lennon at Disney World. I know. I mean, I guess it's sweet that he's doing something for Julian. Yeah. So, John started hanging out with David Bowie at this time. Mm. And fun fact. (laughs) 
David Bowie's producer, Tony Visconti, later married May Ping. Oh my god. <laughs> I know, everyone's just okay. everyone's It's that invisible string, you yeah. know? What I mean? <laughs> Without Ooh. Yoko setting up. Yeah. May <laughs> and John. complicated. John and David Bowie, David Bowie's producer. Yeah. May Ping. They would have never found each yeah. other. So it was all meant to be. It was all meant to be. That's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, I guess it seems uh, seems shady. It seems like there's maybe overlap or something mm. because sometime in 1975, Yoko became pregnant and John Yoko are back together. Oh, okay. So I don't really know like how. I'm sure some people out there know. I'm sorry, I don't have the information, but I don't know like what happened with him and yeah. May. Maybe she met Tony and. But it seems Start like dating. this arrangement with May, like, it was never supposed to be long-term, right? No. Yeah. It seems like it was an arrangement, and he overdid it. Yeah. Is how I perceive it. Like, it's like <laughs> the TV show The Ultimatum. I know you haven't seen it, mm-hmm. but it's like they practice dating other people in order to decide if they really want to be together. Mm-hmm. It seems like yeah. that's what Yoko was trying to set up. Yeah, I think so. But it wasn't really working. Nope. But now they're back together. Mm -hmm. Um, Yoko's 42 at the time. And since she has had miscarriages in the past, she was on bed rest most of the Mm -hmm. time. And John took care of her. Like, push her around in a wheelchair and stuff. So, it's cute. He showed Yoko his Los Angeles diary that chronicled all the highs and lows during their separation. That was interesting. And then he burned it in the kitchen sink. Oh, okay. (laughs) Very, um, creative. Yeah. I mean... Well, she would like that. Yeah, I'm mad that he did all that, but I think that is a nice symbolic gesture to be like, it's in the past. Mm -hmm. And shows transparency, obviously. He's letting her see everything. That's true. So then, October 9th, 1975, their son, Sean Taro Lennon, was born. Mm. Sean Lennon, he's like a musician today. Beautiful, beautiful, Mm -hmm. beautiful boy. 1977, both John and Yoko announced that they would be putting their careers on hold to concentrate on raising their son, Sean. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. So, they did. And then, so I don't really have much information, but then a couple years later, November 1980, they, John and Yoko released an album together called Double Fantasy. And okay, now we're like getting to the end here. I know, I'm getting, like, really, like, scared and sad. It's scary. So, December 8th, 1980, John had a busy day. Him and Yoko had a photo shoot, interview, and they were working on their song, Walking on Thin Ice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is actually the day, I don't know if you've seen it before, but John and Yoko took their really famous Rolling Stone cover, which is... Yoko is lying there with clothes on and John's He's like, naked. Yeah, That's the her. same day. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Wait, the day he died. Yeah. Isn't Are that crazy? you serious? Yeah. yeah, it's the same. That's day. That's the day they yeah. shot that. That's yeah. crazy. I know. It's so weird, Mel. And like, I know you were asking me the other day about like things that are, you know seem like things are connected. The universe. There's yeah. a lot of things on this day that is very weird. Um, so yeah, they shot the iconic Rolling Stone cover. Annie Leibovitz was a photographer. She's very famous. So it wasn't even printed yet that no. magazine cover. Um, and apparently John loved it. 
like when they were taking it and said, this is it, this is our relationship. He loved the picture. Then that same day, he was interviewed for Archeo Radio, and um, the guy that interviewed him, Dave Sholin, well, Yoko was there too. Mm -hmm. Maybe she was interviewed too, I'm not sure, but he said the eye contact between John and Yoko was amazing. Wow. No words had to be spoken. They would just look at each other with intense connection. So during the interview, John reflected on how he had recently turned 40 Mm -hmm. and was becoming middle-aged, and he said, I hope I died before Yoko. Because if Yoko died, I wouldn't know how to survive. I couldn't carry on. That's so crazy I know. that he said that. I that know. Day. The day he died, he said that. It's not oh, <laughs> like my angels. gosh. And he said, I always consider my work one piece, whether it be with the Beatles, David Bowie, Elton John, Yoko Ono. And I consider that my work won't be finished until I'm dead and buried. And I hope that's a long, long time. Oh, my God. I know. That really does make me think, like, sometimes things are just so weird how they connect. And, like, I really, truly think that, like, in real life, like, there's foreshadowing all the time. And it's too (laughs) weird to not think that there's, like, something greater going on. It's like, it's like, it's like they knew in a weird way. I know. Like, what are the odds that yeah. day you'd say, like, I hope I die before Yoko? Like, yeah. That's just crazy. So after the interview, they stepped outside, and um, John was looking at photographs from a shoot with a photographer mm-hmm. named Paul Gorish, and that's when a fan, Mark Chapman, walked up and seepishly asked him to sign a record. And he wrote John Lennon in 1980 on the record, and the photographer actually took a picture of oh it. Oh, my God. And it shows John with the fan, um, Mark Chapman. And I guess John said, is that okay? And the fan, Mark Chapman, just, like, walked away. And John turned back to Gorish with, like, a puzzled look. And then I think they got in the car and left. So that same fan, Mark Chapman, he stayed outside all day, outside the building. John and Yoko went to the studio to work on their song. And then they stopped at home to see Sean before mm-hmm. dinner. At 10.45 p.m., they stepped out of the car outside of the Dakota, and that's when that fan, Mark Chapman, shot him five times. Oh, my God. And apparently, down the street at 135 Central Park West, James Taylor heard the gunshots, and he leaned his head out of his window and said, I'm pretty sure that came from the Dakota. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that interesting? Mel's been into him lately. Mm Mm-hmm. So there were coincidentally like two cops really close by and they just pulled up in their patrol car and put John in the car and the officers asked if he was John Lennon and he nodded, his Mm. chest was soaked in blood. He was taken to Roosevelt Hospital and Yoko was in the car just stunned and silent and he arrived alive in the hospital but he died there and yoko was sobbing in the arm of a police officer oh my god i have literally chills right now i know it's it's crazy and what are the odds too that like that van had been photographed i know too so weird like that they could have the evidence yeah i regretfully like i actually don't know a lot about john lennon's murder and like why the fan i'll tell you killed him. i have information about it but apparently when they were, the doctors were working on john lennon they were playing like beatles music over the sound system like mm-hmm. all my loving which is really sweet <sighs> when john was declared dead 
Shantam. When John was declared dead, Yoko said he can't be dead. He was just alive. Mm. Apparently, she collapsed and then banged her head repeatedly on the floor. That's awful. I know. It's so sad. I guess on TV, um, ABC was broadcasting the final minutes of a matchup between the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. It was just kind of random, but I just thought it was interesting. Mm. And there's a less than a minute to go on the clock, but they interrupted the game to announce an unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by ABC News in New York City. John Lennon, outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City, the most famous, perhaps, of all the Beatles, shot twice in the back. Rushed to, rushed to Roosevelt Hospital, dead on arrival. Oh my god, I can't imagine what it was like to be watching that in I know. real time. That would be insane. And they, they just didn't care, like, the end of the game was playing, and they're just like... Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <sighs> so, apparently, like, Mark Chapman, after he shot... Oh, I hate to even give him attention, but, you mm-hmm. know, it is... You wonder, like, why did he do that? Um, I know about the catcher and the rod. Yeah. Um... The cops asked, do you realize what you just did? And he said, yeah, I just killed myself. I am John Lennon. Very creepy. That is so creepy. I know. So apparently he was angry that John, which we kind of said earlier, that he would, like, preach love and peace, Mm. yet he had millions of dollars. Chapman said, he told us to imagine no possessions, and there he was with millions of dollars in yachts and farms in country estates, laughing at people like me, who had believed in the lies and bought the records and built a big part of their lives around the music. He also recalled having listened to Lennon's solo music in the weeks before the murder. And he said, I would listen to this music and I would get angry at him for saying in the song God um, that he didn't believe in God, that he just believed in him and Yoko, and that he didn't believe in the Beatles, that this was another thing that angered me. Even though this record had been done at least 10 years previously, I just wanted to scream out loud, who does he think he is saying these things about God and heaven and the Beatles, saying that he doesn't believe in Jesus and things like that? At that point, my mind was going through a total blackness of anger and rage, so I brought the London book home into this catcher in the rye milieu where my mindset is Holden Caulfield and anti-phoniness. Because, yeah, if you guys haven't read Catcher in the Rye, like, Holden is so disturbed by phoniness in the world he hates phony like yeah. fakeness and i always thought like oh i mean it's weird like jd salinger how much that much suck that like i his know book accidentally inspired this you know what i mean yeah and then same for the beatles like the white album unintentionally inspiring charles manson to murder people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, but honestly, sometimes I do wonder if people would have found a way anyway. Yeah, like, if that's just an excuse. But also, I think of, like, um, Catcher in the Rye. It's been so long since I read that, but isn't the phoniness kind of like, like, uh, Holden's entire personality just a coping mechanism to deal with the fact that, like, he's, like, in deep grief over the loss of his brother. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, like, total misreading. Mm-hmm. I think it's, like, just insane that that's the message you would get Yeah, exactly. Book, that you should, like, kill people. Yeah. Like, it's not at all what was the point of the book or whatever. Yeah, this guy sounds like an idiot and crazy. He, yeah, he so was he, obviously insane. So what, So did he just ask for an autograph to, like, add, like, more? I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe he thought... Maybe he said this, and, like, I'm sorry, I don't have the information, but maybe he thought, like, he wanted to change his mind or something, or, like, he was a huge fan, but 
Yeah. Also wanted to kill him. Like, it's just bizarre. That's so sad. And I feel like my heart is broken for Yoko. I I think of, like, I don't know, when you ever have a nightmare or something and something terrible happens and you, like, get a do-over by Mm -hmm. waking up and, like, she, like, in an instant, their entire life had changed. I know. It's so sad. I mean, she was an artist and a musician, too, and stuff, but, like, I feel like John was her life in a big way. Mm-hmm. Like, so much of her life was John. Yeah. So, it's, it's just insane. And they have their know? little boy. Like, I know. And he was so young, right? Yeah, he was. Apparently, um, he woke up to reporters outside his home, <sighs> and he knew something had happened, and Ringo called his ex-wife Cynthia to tell her what happened oh my god so sad apparently Mark Chapman had planned for months months to do it like it was really premeditated and he also had planned to kill Paul McCartney (gasps) Johnny Carson Elizabeth Taylor Jackie Kennedy Ronald Reagan and a few others oh my god how does he think he's gonna do all of that I don't I know I guess (laughs) you're gonna do one and get caught you idiot I know like you you don't just I mean I'm not giving advice but like how did he think shooting him in front of people, he was going to be able to then kill a bunch of other celebrities? Yeah, like, that's crazy. It's just insane. They do say that, because, like, you know how he said, I killed myself? They do say yeah. a lot of people that do stuff like this, they are, like, suicidal. Mm, yeah, because obviously you don't really care what happens to you after mm-hmm. that. <sighs> it's fucked up. Weird thing, you know how I said James Taylor, like, heard it mm-hmm. on the street? Apparently, the day before this happened, Mark Chapman accosted James Taylor on the 72nd Street <gasps> subway station. That's so weird. I know. And he, Taylor said, the guy had sort of pinned me to a wall and was glistening with manacled sweat and talking some freak speak about what he was going to do and his stuff with how John was interested and in how he was going to get in touch with John Lennon. <gasps> that is crazy. I know. What are the odds? I know. I mean, weird. we live in New York City, and I never see celebrities. I know. So rarely. So, you, yeah. saw, you saw one. Yeah, I saw A-Rod. <laughs> <laughs> you saw Shailene Woodley. But, I know. But that's crazy, you know, that, like, just days apart. I think he was just, like, hanging out, mm. like, doing nothing, just on the street waiting to see people. Yeah. So, I don't know. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, you know, that's how John Yoko's relationship ended. It's very sad. Um, since then, I mean, Yoko still makes music. She still does mm-hmm. a lot of things. I actually don't know anything about, like, her love life. I didn't look into it. I yeah. should have, but Well, I'm like sure. we said, we have tunnel vision yeah, on these couples. It's just about them, you know. We're not doing their whole... All their relationships, but... She's she still has like the same philosophy, mm-hmm. same peace thing. Um, she's on Twitter now, and in this year, June eighteenth, I just found this random tweet, but I thought it was just kind of like charming that she's like the same because yeah. she tweeted, "Change will happen. Don't try to change the world. Change your head. World peace will instantly reign over us as we change our heads, and it will be done. We don't even have to lift our fingers. We just use our wits, which is all we have." Oh, <laughs> she's so sweet. She is. Um, and she, she's done a lot of, like, philanthropic work. She, philanthropic work. Mm. She funded the Strawberry Field section in Central Park. Oh, wow. Um, she funded the Imagine Peace Tower in Iceland, which I guess I'm going to see because I'm planning on going to Iceland soon. Yeah. It's like this, these beams of light that shine into the air, but it's, it's actually run on geothermal power, so it's, like, eco-friendly, and it has... Mm. 
imagine peace written in like every language. She's donated to many charities like disaster relief in Japan and the Philippines and every other year $50,000 grant for peace. Um, She co-founded the group Artists Against Fracking and yeah she continues to make music. Of Yoko Ono, Paul McCartney said, I thought she was a cold woman. I think that's wrong. She's just the opposite. I think she's just more determined than most people to be herself. Um, Oh, that's really sweet. It seems like they are in contact with each other, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think they are. I think they are. They did have, like, a tiff. I mean, I feel feel bad that I just had this very nice thing, and then... (laughs) Because two years after that, Ono publicly compared John Lennon to Wolfgang Amdes. Mozart and mm. she said Paul McCartney was more like his less talented rival Antonio Salieri okay and this infuriated uh Paul McCartney's wife Linda yeah who was dying from breast cancer at the time and when Linda died McCartney did not invite Yoko to the memorial service yeah in Manhattan I mean that's fine <laughs> it's sad there's <sighs> always a little drama but I do think yeah. that I think that Yoko and Ringo and Paul are like on good terms and they do talk and stuff. Yeah. And I know Paul's tried to have like a relationship with her and there's like this mm-hmm. whole story about how she at first said like I don't cuz he contacted her and said like I would think John would want us to still be in each other's lives. Yeah. And she said something like I don't want your pity, like you shouldn't call me just because you feel like you should and then he was like you're right. Um but I would like to be in your life, and so I think they are. It sounds like Paul, he's, like, always going out of his way to do things for John, even still, like... I know. I love And he really cares about not just John, but, like, the people that, like, met a lot to John. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, his kids. Yeah, like, even, like, I've seen a cover of, like, um, him singing Beautiful Boy, and he's, Mm -hmm. like, getting all choked up. What else do I have to say... I guess Yoko had kind of a difficult relationship with Julian, mm. um, John's son with Cynthia, but their relationship has improved over the years. I guess Julian was, like, disappointed about her oh, her handling of Lennon's estate. Because um. um, apparently he was left out of his father's will. That's awful. I know. And I don't know how that happened. Yeah. Like, did he just not have one or something? I don't know how that happened. But he battled... Yoko in court for years. Oh my god. Settling in 1996 for an unspecified amount, which the media reported was believed to be in the area of 20 million pounds, which Julian has denied. So I don't know. And he also said, um, Julian said, when dad gave up music for a couple of years to be with Sean, why couldn't he do that with me? Yeah, I'd imagine that is so heartbreaking. It's sad. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, though. I mean, obviously, John was younger when he had Julian. I'm not give, making that an excuse, but, yeah. like, usually people... Yeah, I mean, they, he was still in the Beatles. Yeah, exactly. He probably wasn't gonna do that. It is really sad, but... It, obviously, he found probably a maturity later on. Had yeah. nothing to do with Julian, but mm-hmm. that's heartbreaking. And it, it's kind of not a good look on Yoko that, like, why is she even battling with Julian I know. Court? Like, I feel like if I was in her situation, I'd be like, this is John's son. I want him to be taken care of. I don't 
getting And it. I would hope that John <laughs> would have wanted Julian to have like, I know some money as well I don't know what her argument was yeah I didn't look into it maybe she felt like some of it was hers or something because she did albums with him like mm-hmm. I don't really know why is it yeah. the door? <laughs> as of a couple of years ago I don't know if she still does but maybe she does she still lived or lives in Dakota oh where he was shot outside of. I had no idea mm-hmm. but she said something like that was our home. It was my mm. only home. It was my home with John. Like, she didn't want to leave it. Today, it's said that she's withdrawn from public life, but she does still make some appearances. Yeah, I feel like um, I've seen her. She makes, like, dance music today. Oh, cool. <laughs> she must be really old, though. Yeah, she's 89. Wow. Yeah. And um, her son, Sean, makes music today. He's on a song with Lana Del Rey. Mm-hmm. He looks a lot artists. like John. Yeah, too. he does. And his so singing does voice is just like him, too. Yeah. I know, it makes me sad. She's 89, you know? Like, ugh. I don't know how much time she looks really she good has. for her age. She does. She does. So that's basically what I have for that's John and Yoko. crazy. I feel like <sighs> I learned so much. <laughs> Me too. It's cra- uh it's so dramatic. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so sad. <sighs> do you think if he was alive today they'd still be together? <laughs> I do kinda. I mean, I don't know It's tough to say what the journey would have been, like if they would have just been together this whole entire time with absolutely no more drama or whatever, but I don't know. I can't yeah. really picture them both being like alive and not together in a way. I agree. I mean yeah. it's an unfair question mm-hmm. for sure. Um probably a little offensive (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) but i do think they really seem like i think they really did deeply love each other Mm -hmm. i don't know what the uh weekend was (laughs) last weekend i don't know i i mean they were in contact the whole time yeah so i don't i don't think john ever stopped loving her Mm -hmm. but it seemed like he had issues yeah you know but yeah, very, very intense love for each other. Um, I think that's true. Do you yeah. think they were a love at first sight upon meeting in that art gallery? I kind of think they were, yeah. yeah. I think they were. Wow. Love at first sight. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, too, it's like, I mean, this is why life, I think, is so magical. Like, this, you know, was it their manager just arranged for them to go to this little event yeah they didn't even know why they were going yeah it's like that's (laughs) like fate you know it's like something just brings you somewhere where you're supposed to be at the exact right time to meet the person that you're gonna fall in love with it's crazy it's interesting Mm -hmm. like now when you listen to Beatles music you can think about all this yeah (laughs) (laughs) just give you some perspective rest in peace john Mm -hmm. wasn't three hours um one hour 52 we're at right now i'm shocked i know just flew through oh my god well when i record an episode in not the next one but the one after that i'm not gonna say what it is i think that will still be three hours i am excited (laughs) i hope not but so we have a fun one planned for our next episode though Mm -hmm. and kelly is also in the driver's seat for that yep do you want to give a tease of what that one will be <laughs> oh gosh i didn't i didn't think of anything um this is a relationship from the 90s mm-hmm. 
and not a lot is known about it but everyone knows a song about it mm. <laughs> that might be giving away too much it's a little obvious <laughs> okay should i take that no back? <laughs> let's keep it i'm yeah. sure there's a few people who don't get it yeah probably yeah i'm excited Some young peeps listening <sighs> wow my first episode there's a lot of information yeah but it was so much fun <laughs> i know i i didn't know so much i mean i didn't know any of that cheating stuff no like, i psh, it's just crazy john lennon i i still haven't been to the um in central park like the imagine thing oh I've yeah been i've been there once before is that I near the dakota i think it is okay i yeah. don't have missed it because i've like been in that area but yeah never been to it i was also thinking as well not to like go back to it but the idea of yoko still living in the mm-hmm. building all those years that must have been really traumatic actually to still walk outside i know um where he died yeah or i guess he didn't die there but where he was shot mm-hmm. that'd be really scary I don't know how she got through that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I guess, like, just continuing to live there, like, desensitizes her to it rather than, like, if she were to leave and come back. Yeah, true. Maybe. Hmm. I remember, because I studied abroad in London, my friend Lisa and I um, went to their apartment in London and we stood outside of it and played Happy Xmas Wars over oh. out loud and just stood there. And we went to Liverpool, too. Hey, Lisa, if you're listening. It's funny, because I feel like I'm such a bigger Beatles fan now than I was when I went to mm, Liverpool. Yeah. Like, oh my I feel like I didn't even know anything when I went there. Yeah. <sighs> I feel like you have become such a bigger fan the past few years. I have. I wanted to. Like, I remember being like, oh, I want to get some books. Like, I want to learn more. And then I, like, finally did. And Yeah. Charlie's would get into them, so that helps. I don't love that Christmas song, Happy Xmas. Oh, really? I love it. No. Shan loves it. I prefer it actually to simply having a wonderful Christmas time. No, I love that song. No, because I worked at 2J Maxx and that song would play. Actually, both of them would play over and over and over again. I love it. Makes me think of like (laughs) the shoe department being a mess. No. Think about how like. How creative you have to be to come up with a new Christmas oh, song I know. that catches on. I was you know? Sean, my brother, and I were actually saying this the other day. If you write a Christmas hit, you are set for life. Mm-hmm. Like, it will play every yeah. single year. It's not that easy. No. Because a lot of the hits have been around forever. Yeah. And a lot of new ones people make, they just don't stick. No. You know? I would say the most recent one to stick was is uh, Kelly Clarkson's one that's like... I don't even know if I know that. Okay, I can't think of the <laughs> melody or the lyrics right now, but I know she has. It's like, okay. da, 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 da. I don't know the song. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I don't know if I know it. <laughs> I think if you heard it, you maybe, would know it. Maybe. I always want Coldplay's Christmas lights to be bigger. Oh, than I know. It is. Well, it's too late. I mean, it's it's not gonna be like popular now. What do you mean? Like, it's not going to become a classic oh, now. maybe someday. Yeah, could be. Maybe. But I just wish it was bigger. Mm. I feel like that's a really good song. It's a, I love that but song. But it doesn't really get played that much. Santa, tell me. Isn't that a Ariana Grande song? Oh, I don't know that I one. I wouldn't say that that's it. <laughs> I don't know that one. I don't know. 
I feel like Justin Bieber has a Christmas song, <laughs> but again, I don't know. But I, I do think the Kelly Clarkson one is like, da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Is it like, um, you're here, da, 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 da. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I know it. Yeah. I don't know words, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Such rivals, Paul and John. Their mm, Christmas songs. Yeah. Mm. I wonder what it feels like to be George and Ringo. It's you know you're never on that level. I know. You know? Mm-hmm. I think Ringo was pretty chill with it. I love Ringo. I didn't really talk about him much in this mm-hmm. episode, but he's just so funny. Um, but I think George was a little disgruntled by it. Mm-hmm. A little bit. So upon um, John's death, did the Beatles have any type of, like, coming together? I'm assuming all three of them went to the funeral and everything. I'm not sure, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Oh, but there is that famous footage of Paul reacting. Oh, saying it was a drag. Yeah. Yeah. But if you wa- So, like, if you guys don't know there's like all this controversy because it was quoted that paul said it was a drag that Mm -hmm. john was murdered but if you actually watch the video you can tell he's like annoyed and like being sarcastic kind of yeah exactly and when people just find out news like that Mm -hmm. like they're in shock so he's just kind of being like yeah what what do you think like it's drag like yeah i'm not sure i'm not i'm not total expert yet Mm -hmm. i'm not not there yet yeah (laughs) but i'm on my way (laughs) i would like to um get a degree in beatles knowledge (laughs) random facts (laughs) well there's like i mean you could work at like the museums and stuff that they have yeah i'm like oh yeah that year that month blah 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 blah. like i just know everything (laughs) i don't know why i find it so interesting well, thank you guys for listening. It was a wild ride. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly, for leading the episode. That was a big one. That took so much research. So. That was a big one. <laughs> well, love you guys. Love you. And catch us next time. <laughs> Bye. Is your heart filled with pain? Shall I come? Hell.